Welcome to Spread the Word Now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The Lord Jesus declares, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is my earnest prayer that as you receive the ever-living word, the brokenhearted will be healed, there will be liberty to the oppressed, recovery of sight to the spiritually blind, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the words you hear will not be persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith will not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Please welcome Brock Kenny. Hello, everybody. It's such a joy to be with you today. I, I really, I, I really just want to share with us something that God has been dealing with me on. So uh, I, I, I could say it this way: this is actually a message for me, but I get to preach it to me while you guys are listening. So join me as I preach to myself, and perhaps maybe to some people out there. Today's message is titled "Humility: The Key to Lifting." Humility: The Key to Lifting, or perhaps Perhaps the key to exaltation. The truth is that many of us want to be lifted. Many of us want to be promoted. And there's nothing wrong with that. For a lot of people, it's an earnest desire. It's something that they really hunger for. It's almost as if it's really natural to want to go from one level to another. When you were born as a baby, after being a baby, you kind of want to be a, a, an adolescent. After being an adolescent, you're dreaming of being an adult. When you become an adult, then you're thinking of what am I going to achieve in life? And then when you begin to achieve those, things you begin to think of legacy what do i so every stage of human endeavor people want to grow people want to grow and it's nothing strange whatever industry you're in maybe you're in ministry maybe you're in business maybe you're in the sports or maybe you're in the academia maybe you're a professor in university somewhere from one step to another there's a desire for exaltation there's a desire for promotion there's a desire for lifting and one of the things we discover quickly when you look at the scriptures is that human is that the way we want exaltation or promotion is not necessarily the way God has prescribed it to be. Now we need to look at scripture to figure out how does one get lifted? How does one get promoted? Because the desire to be promoted, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not from the devil. It's actually something born out of our spirit. It's a desire to grow. Every living thing wants to grow. Every living thing grows. So the desire to grow is natural. The question is, how do we then grow? How do we then get promoted? How do we go from one level to another? One of the things that um, one of the things that struck me uh, a few weeks ago, I was meditating and just praying in my spirit, and God dropped a word in my heart, and it was a bit of a word that kind of jolted me a little bit. It's found in the book of Isaiah, chapter sixty-six, verse two. Is the lower part of verse two, and I read from the NIV version, Isaiah sixty-six, verse two, uh, the lower part of verse two. It says, "This is the one I esteem; he who is humble and contrite." in spirit and trembles on my word. So the spirit of the Lord was telling me then, this is the person who I esteem. This is the person that has value before me. The person who is humble and contrite in spirit, that person who trembles at my word. So God is plainly saying that if you're going to have value before me, if you're going to be lifted in front of me, you have to humble yourself. That is the way to go. That is the way for exaltation. Now in 1828, 
the Webster's Dictionary did something that they haven't repeated yet. I wish they would. Maybe in, in the years to come, maybe they'll do this again. In 1828, the Webster's Dictionary, the famous Webster's Dictionary, decided that they will create a dictionary that they tie to scripture. So 18, 1828 edition of the Webster's Dictionary is practically the only uh, edition of Webster's. Now, I could be wrong, but this is what I found in my research, that they are the only edition of Webster's that is tied to scripture. Why is that relevant? Because when you're looking for biblical definitions of words, it's good to look at a dictionary that is tied to scripture. So, 1828 edition of Webster's was tied to scripture. And this is was this was the biblical definition that Webster gave for humility. He described it as this, simply an act of submission, an act of submission. Now, it also says it's a modest estimate of one's worth, where, and the scriptural reference that Webster in that dictionary gave was found in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And I read from the KJV, it says, for I say through the grace given unto me, this is Paul writing to the church in Rome, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has has dealt with every man a portion or measure of faith. Do not think yourself more highly. Think you of yourself soberly. Prefer one to the other. So one of the things that God began to deal with me on was who are the examples, biblical examples of people that walked in humility or people that walked in service? I quickly began to understand that I saw that you cannot separate service or submission from humility. The humble heart is a heart that serves. The humble heart is a heart that submits. So you see, it's, it's, it, you cannot detach service and submission from humility. If you say you are humble, then that means you're a man or a woman or you're a young man or woman that serves. If you say you are humble, then you are one that submits to authority, whether that is in the church or whether that is in your workplace or whether that is to that annoying boss of yours, maybe. But there is that submission that comes with humility. And as I'm saying this to you, remember, I'm preaching to myself. This is my message, but uh, you get to hear me preach to myself. So this is a message that God has been dealing with me on. And God gave me an example of a man that was humble in scripture. And he wasn't the typical person that I would think the Holy Ghost would highlight to me he wasn't the first person that i thought he, I, I imagined that oh if you're thinking of humility that's the person but that's what the spirit of god led me to the man's name is david king david and i read you a couple of scriptures regarding david's history everybody kind of knows king david from scripture you know that young man that fought goliath so if you're listening to this and you're not a, a student of the bible it's okay but you must have watched something about david and goliath you must have heard some teams say, oh, this team's like David and the other team's like Goliath. So you would have known something about David in scripture. There's a verse, a couple of verses I want to read to you regarding the account of David. But let me just summarize by saying, the David came on the scene in the first book of Samuel chapter 16. That first encounter that we heard about David was about a prophet called Samuel. Samuel was the premier prophet in the time. Samuel was the prophet of prophets in David's young age at that time. The Bible records that God did not let one word that Samuel spoke drop to the ground. 
That means every prophecy Samuel gave came to pass. Every prophecy was sound. Every word was founded on the authority of the word of God and it came to pass. So this is the dimension of man of gifting that Samuel was. This is the anointing Samuel walked in. And I pick it up from the first book of Samuel chapter 16 verse 13. And this is Samuel speaking or praying over David. Remember, David at the time was a shepherd boy. He had just come back from the fields because Samuel said, we're not going to sit down until your last son comes in. So everybody was waiting for David to show up. The brothers were probably angst and hungry, but David shows up and then this is what Samuel says. Samuel took, the, so first Samuel chapter 16 verse 13, the NIV version. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. So David got anointed in front of his brethren, his brothers, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. I will move quickly to the next verse that I wanted to read. And that's a whole passage, but I'm only going to read one verse. It's found in the book of First Samuel still, verse 16, uh, chapter uh, 16, but verse 21. David came to Saul and entered into the service and became one of his armor bearers. Now, why am I reading that? Now, if you have the time, please read that first book of Samuel chapter 16, the whole chapter. But after David was anointed, David went back to tending the sheep. And then somewhere along the line, and immediately the Spirit of God came on David, the Spirit of the Lord left King Saul. So Saul was now tormented by an evil spirit. And if you read lower down in 21 and in, in 18, 19, and 20 of 1 Samuel 16, you will see that Samuel began to ask, who can help me deliver me from this spirit? And one of Samuel's men told him, oh, I know a young man, a son of Jesse. He is skilled as a musician. We can get him to play the music for you. So that is how they got David to the palace. Now remember, David is anointed king, okay? But he's still in the wilderness, tending sheep. Now, the time comes for him to come to the palace, and he's coming to the palace as a musician. Now, you would think if you were anointed by the premier prophet in the land, Samuel, you'd think that there'll be a procession ushering you into the kingdom, ushering you into the throne. But not so. David came as a guitar player to the palace. David was a troop member to the palace. Meanwhile, he was anointed king. But the Bible says that he served. So verse 23, whenever the spirit from God, for this evil spirit came upon Saul, David will take his harp and play. And then relief will come to Saul and Saul will feel better and the evil spirit will leave him. So David began to exhibit a skill in service of playing an instrument. Remember, David was still not anointed, was still not named king in front of everybody else. He was only anointed king. How many of us will be willing to serve as a musician when you know that the premier prophet in the land has declared you to be king? How many of us will be patient to serve in that way? Will submit to a man that you know is being tormented by the evil spirit? Maybe you have a boss that you feel is tormented by the evil spirit. So he's tormenting you. But how many of us are willing to serve? To make matters worse, look at verse, look at 1 Samuel 17 verse 55. This is after David had said he was going to fight Goliath. 
Verse 55, he says this, And King Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine Goliath, and he said, King Saul said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this man? So, let, let, me, let, me, let me just frame it for you. David is serving in verse 16 as a de facto exorcist, okay? So, the, 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 he's anointed that when he plays the music, the evil spirit leaves from Saul, all right? So, that means he's had several encounters with Saul. The Bible even says that he became one of his numerous armor bearers, right? Now, David goes to fight Goliath and King Saul doesn't even still know David's name. That's why he said, please, Abner, commander of the army, who is this young man? Meanwhile, David has been serving in front of him. So, for all the years of service of David, for all the months of service, he was still almost invisible to the King Saul. He was still almost unseen. How many of us feel that way today? You're serving, you're laboring, maybe in your company, in the place of your business. Maybe you're laboring, maybe even in a church, in a ministry. And it seems as if you're invisible. It seems as if the, the, the sacrifice you're making is not being acknowledged. But you still continue to serve. Or maybe, maybe you're listening to me today and you're one of those, maybe you just decided, you know what, these people don't know my worth, so I'm going to leave. Maybe you've left your last job because of that. Maybe you left your last church because of that. But take an example from David. He continued to serve. Now you will think the story gets better from here, but unfortunately it gets much worse. Let me read you another verse. Still the first book of Samuel, chapter 18 now. So we're turning to the next chapter, verse 10. And then the, an evil spirit from the Lord came forcefully upon King Saul and he was prophesying in his house. So King Saul began to manifest the, the, the influence of that evil spirit. So that prophesying is not prophesying from God. It's prophesying as a result of the influence of the evil spirit. So while David was playing the harp as he usually did, Saul then took a spear in his hand and hurled it at David saying to himself, I will pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. So, first of all, you have a boss from hell. Okay? Not only is that boss a terror to you, not only is that boss sometimes demon-possessed, but now that boss wants to kill you. And he tries it twice. And you're still serving. You see the heart of David. You see the humble heart. You see the humility of heart. He was an example of humility. He submitted. This is what I call submission. Meanwhile, you know you're anointed to be king. You know you're supposed to be the guy to take the throne. And you know basically you're serving an evil man at this point. You're serving a demon-possessed man, occasionally demon-possessed man. But you still continue to serve. You still continue to submit yourself. You still continue to be humble. You still continue to say to God, yes, I might not like it right now, but I'm still going to continue to serve. How many of us would do that? Honestly, how many of us in our generation would do that today? How many of us will not run to the human resource department and tell them, my boss tried to kill me. I'm going to quit. My boss literally tried to kill me. I mean, you're going to be writing complaints. You're going to be sending messages to anybody you could. You're probably going to be on the media and it's going to be in the news. The man whose boss tried to kill. But David, you know what David did the next day? He went back to service. He went back serving. 
He continued to submit himself. If you read the story of David, you realize that what eventually got him out of the palace was that Saul, King Saul, kicked him out. Literally kicked him out because he was going to either kill him or he was not going to make it. So him and Jonathan agreed, you know what? You just got to run. And David is anointed king, but he's running for his life. Ends up in the cave of Adullam. You can read the rest of the story later. And all the stragglers came to him in the cave of Adullam. He was king, but yet he was in a cave. How many of us will serve? The Bible says that the rebels at the time gathered towards him. The people that were destitute. So his congregation was congregation of the rejects of society. But he was supposed to be a king. Yet he served them. Where are you in life today? That you're saying, you know what? I think I'm better than this. I, 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 I'm supposed to be better than this. And not in a good way, but because of pride. You're saying, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm, I'm better than this. I'm not going to serve like this. My, my father is this or my mother is this or my family comes from this lineage. So I'm not going to serve. I urge you today, look at the perfect example of humility. I end with one verse. The book of Philippians chapter 2. And he says simply, the book of Philippians chapter 2, and I read from verse 5. I'm going to just flip it up in my scripture and then I'm going to read it in my Bible. He says, um, verse 5, sorry, I'm just going to find it. My apologies, everybody. Okay, so he says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. This is the result. Wherefore, verse 9, God had highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee must bow, everything in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and every tongue shall profess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is an exaltation that comes from humility. Because Jesus humbled himself, did not think it robbery. He did not try, another translation, sorry. He did say that he did not try to grasp equality with God. He let it go. And because of that humility, God lifted him and gave him a name that is above every name. I want to declare to you today, child of God, or friend, God has a name he wants to give you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to exalt you. But the way to that is through humility. It's true submission. It's true service. God bless you. You've been listening to a message from Spread the Word Global Ministries Red Deer. If you'd like more information, you can contact us at info at spreadthewordglobalministries.org or info at spreadthewordnow.org or through our website at www.spreadthewordglobalministries.org. Our phone number is 587-377-7745. Thank you. Bye for now.